Have you ever had to go to dinner with your spouse's boss or client and maybe they were a bit rude, unpleasant, or offensive? But because they were important to your spouse, you had to ignore what you were feeling, fight your instincts to respond, and put on a smile. Or perhaps a family member who shared radically different political views than you, but your mom asked you to keep quiet for the sake of peace in the family? Or have you ever worked in a service business, maybe hospitality, retail, or customer service, and your customer was being aggressive with you, but for the sake of the company and its business you had to respond with only kindness? These are all examples of something science calls emotional labor. Essentially, it is the emotional work we do to subjugate our true feelings for the benefit of an organization's, or entity's, goals. Emotional labor is you following your organization's display rules, these are the set of expected behaviors and responses that come along with your job. Not talking back to your boss, being nice to rude colleagues slash customers, and avoiding any external expressions of dissatisfaction with your work are examples of emotional labor. Arlie Hochschild first used the term emotional labor in 1983, defining it as the management of feelings to create a publicly observable facial and bodily display. We've all definitely done this at some point, but for some people, this is an everyday occurrence. Science breaks down emotional labor into two categories. One is called surface acting. This is when someone knows they're not feeling it, but they pretend to be happy anyway. The other is called deep acting. This is when someone focused so much on being happy that they actually got happy. In some cases, the person intentionally picked a mood and moved into that one, and this is the skill called emotional self-regulation. In other cases, it was done successfully, but not intentionally, this is the equivalent of having a magic wand without knowing how to use it. It might work for you one day, but then not the next. When employees engaged in the superficial form of mood labor, the first one I mentioned, several longitudinal studies showed that this behavior ended up pushing these employees to emotional exhaustion. Not the kind of exhaustion that you just need an extra Starbucks that day. Exhausted to the point that you sit at the edge of your bed questioning if you have the energy to face the day. It's one stop away from the end of the line on the burnout train. To quote one study, surface acting is generally related to negative outcomes such as personal inauthenticity, lower ratings of effective delivery, depersonalization, emotional exhaustion, dissatisfaction, and burnout because of its focus on only changing displays rather than changing feelings, Chow, Dolling, Levy, and Diefendorf, 2009. Employees who use surface acting also have much higher levels of turnover. This can increase costs in finding new talent, loss of productivity due to repeated onboarding for the same role, and interruptions in service due to gaps in positions being filled. If your company is in the service industry, this argument is particularly important for you. Employees who are showing up to work and faking their good service may not only be costing you money in recruiting and staffing. They may also be risking client satisfaction and loyalty. Several studies have demonstrated that clients are usually well aware of when their service is being delivered with a genuine smile or not. In the case where the client services employee was being nice, but it was inauthentic, this created a sense of distrust on behalf of the client. The client declared that they were more hesitant to continue a service relationship with someone who wasn't authentic. On the other hand, other studies found that when employees were able to successfully and authentically convert their feelings on demand, there was an increase in job satisfaction and pride in their work, Jean and Guy, 2009. 
The same paper showed that when people had increased levels of job pride they demonstrated something called service spirit. Meaning that if they were feeling happy and proud, they wanted to go the extra mile and give something more. All of this from just being able to get themselves into a better mood. Not surprisingly, studies have also shown that the people who were more successful at this kind of emotional labor had higher levels of emotional intelligence either innate or learned, Johnson, 2004. Another study found that salespeople selected based on their AI skills had 63% less turnover. This is one of the few skills that benefit both the employee's well-being, performance, and company objectives all at the same time. Once again, scientific evidence demonstrates the fundamental role that emotional intelligence and emotional self-regulation play in the performance and well-being of employees. It's no mistake that many of the most innovative organizations, as well as those regularly on the best places to work lists, invest heavily in this skill set. Emotional self-regulation, or as we call it mood management, can help employees increase their self-esteem, job satisfaction, job pride, and performance while helping the company increase sales and reduce turnover costs. Talk about a win-win. Want to teach your employees the skills they need to get the right kind of emotional labor? Send us an email at erica at moodally.com.